Hey beauty, welcome back to the Liberated Latina podcast. Welcome back to another guest interview episode. Oh my gosh, I am so pumped to bring on Jacqueline Garcia Arteaga. She's a fellow Miami girl. She's a Latina lawyer. She's known as the IP guru. And she runs her own law firm dedicated to helping entrepreneurs, business owners, creatives, freelancers through her expertise in LLC, trademarks, copyrights, and contracts. She's also hilarious. She actually was on my Instagram. We did an IG live and I was just cracking up the entire time. So you're definitely going to have fun on this one. And you're also going to learn how you can protect yourself and protect your your intellectual property. Because the key thing that we forget about building generational wealth is also protecting ourselves and, and conserving and protecting our rights to our work and our IP and having proper contracts in place and all of that stuff. So I am so excited to dive into this interview. Let's go ahead, play the intro, and let's get into this conversation. Welcome to the Liberated Latina podcast, where we talk all things mindset, personal growth, spirituality, and business to live our most fulfilled and liberated lifestyles. I'm your host, Daisy Lopez, a former burnt-out financial services consultant turned mindset and business coach. I believe that we have a greater calling in life than just clocking in and out of a job and living for the weekends. So if you're ready, grab your cafecito because your liberation starts right now. All right, everybody, I am so excited to introduce you to the IP guru. And also the most hilarious person I think I've met in a long time, Jacqueline. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm super excited for them to get to know you. Yes, thank you so much for having me, Daisy. I super appreciate you having me on and to have this super interesting podcast. And hopefully, you know, uh, your followers leave with a couple more tips and information that they might not have known before to help them with their business and all of their intellectual property. And yes, I'm super excited to be here. Yeah, super, super important, right? Especially in in the space of entrepreneurship and especially with coaches that are creating so many things. And it's important that we learn how to protect our IP. And and I know that we talked about like that being such an integral part of building generational wealth, but we're, I'm not going to get ahead of myself. I first want them to hear about you, the person behind the brand IP guru. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Before we get ahead of ourselves, you have to take it like one step at a time. So uh, the IP guru funny thing is uh, something that I created while I was still in law school. So I did, I did this, I did the typical journey, you know, like I went to college, I initially, initially thought I was going to do international relations. And when I was in international relations, I saw that everybody's problems revolved around money. Okay, like all country disputes, all this and that is either money or water. Okay, that's that's pretty much the whole issue. So I was like, okay, I'm like, I'll go check out the money then. <laughs> so, so I changed my degree from international relations to international business. 
which I loved because it gives you a much more broader spectrum on business administration and the fact that like you see how these multinational transnational companies work worldwide and then I shortly soon after college finished I knew I always wanted to be a lawyer I didn't fully comprehend still in college all the the tediousness of intellectual property everything's like subdivided like if you come up with uh something it could be a patent if you come up with something it could be a trademark if you come up with something else it could be a trade dress and all of those sort of things so it wasn't until like I had I was sort of already looking into IP and I was in uh at that point law school in my first year of law school where one professor one professor had background in intellectual property okay and I begged this man for a certificate. Like, uh, I got sick while I was in law school. So my exposure to law school was a little longer than the average Joe. It's normally three years for me. It took five because I was sick for two of them. But that we can talk about at a later point. Um, I begged him for a program because his kind of experience was not common. Like he solely did AP, uh, IP, like he only did IP, like big law firm, like WWE style IP, like huge multinational corporation IP. And I, <laughs> that's how I got all of my building blocks through him, he's my mentor, um, Ira Steven Nathanson. And if you'd like to check him out, his website is still nathanson.org, I believe. Um, the, the guy's phenomenal. Um, but that's, he has like a lot of teaching materials and that kind of a thing. He doesn't do consoles because he's only teaching. The point is that uh, intellectual property was so crucial for everything that is your brand and people don't know that because it's like, it's not common knowledge, you know, in business school, they're like finances, marketing, marketing strategy, HR, uh, budgeting, your taxes, nobody sits down and tells you, do you own the rights to your copyright? Do you own the rights to that name? Did you license that music? You know, uh, did you check out if, you know, somebody's too confusingly similar to your brand name? and those are huge things so the IP guru for me in in its origin and it's like motto and purpose is just educating the public on what intellectual property is and then vice versa I run my law firm out of the IP guru so you know if you were looking for services we do provide it but please leave here knowing this knowledge so powerful. I love that. Um, and I really want to commend you for following that intuitive hit and, and seeing like, wow, this is so needed. If only one professor really specializes in this. And I just, that takes a lot of courage. I yeah. think, you know, to like stand up and be like, no, like I'm going to, I'm going to go after this and I, I want to be part of this. I see the gap and I want to do it. Um, and I think that just like almost foreshadows your your courage to go into business for yourself as well. Um, one of the things that really stuck out to me when when we first chatted on just like a connection call was your story and what you 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 briefly alluded to it in 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 your um, 
in your previous story, but I think it's really inspirational what you've gone through and how you've chosen to just live a life based based on what is first and foremost good for you and your health and your lifestyle. So can you go into a little bit of that story? I I would love to. Uh, it's definitely one of those difficult things that you know, uh, I come from a Catholic family, so I, I make re references to religious things, although no, I no longer practice Catholicism, but like that, my health journey and my chronic illness was my proverbial cross to carry, you know what I mean? Uh, so I was born with a genetic mutation that my family didn't find until I was about four years old in a kidney biopsy. Okay, um, and none of my parents were carriers of this gene. It just super randomly just mutated in my creation. And it is uh, called Alport syndrome. And it affects, it, can, it affects tissue that is similar that can be found in your kidneys, your eyes and your ears, okay? And Everybody was like, the doctor would tell my parents like, oh, she's not going to make it to, you know, puberty before having kidney failure. She's not going to make it to high school before having kidney failure. And then every time I kept on following up with the nephrologist, the pediatric nephrologist, that's your kidney doctor, the kidney specialist. Um, he's like, no, she's not going to make it to college. No, she's not going to make it to this. I made it all the way through my first semester in law school without falling into uh, kidney failure. Okay. Um, at that point in my journey, I was like, it was full-blown kidney failure. Um, my kidneys were functioning like at 30% between both of them. <laughs> like the total between both of them was like 30%. They're like, okay, we need to start you on dialysis. Um, what are those options? What does the process look like? I did a more uncommon method, which is called peritoneal dialysis which is one that I could administer at home where it's like they fill up the peritoneal cavity with a specific kind of liquid like a water soluble solution that functions as a kidney like it draws out all the impurities from the organs and then that water then gets flushed out so what I had was like actually a catheter like a little tail if you will coming out of my abdomen <laughs> And I would connect myself up to the machine every night. It would be like a process of between like seven to nine hours. So I would do it like quote unquote at night. I know <laughs> it's shocking. Uh, I can I did it at night and that's, I had chronic pain, constant doctor visits. That's why my journey took me longer in law school. But you know, for me going through dialysis, was just putting one step in front of the other. I remember like diagnosis, I, my nephrologist who I still see, he's like, you're not gonna die from this. I just need you to, you know, do everything we're telling you to do. 
which is similar to, <laughs> I always make like these cross references between your attorney and your doctor, because it's like, it's very collaborative, both. Like your doctor can tell you, you have to do ABC. Your lawyer's gonna tell you, you have to do XYZ. If you don't do ABC or XYZ, that's not on the doctor, that's not on the attorney. Like this is a collaboration. So I trusted, my doctor, who I highly recommend if you're in Miami and in need of a kidney doctor, um, it, his name is Marcos Eskenazi, and he's like bomb. He's like hands down. I don't know who's listening to this, but if you're in Miami and you need Shout a kidney, out Dr. Eskenazi. <laughs> yeah, he, he's, he's bomb. Uh, <laughs> but what was I saying? School was very much my happy time. And that's, that's saying something. For law school, that is saying <laughs> a lot because one of my best friends is in law school and I don't think, she, yeah, I don't think she, she would call it a happy place. So yeah, definitely. Yeesh. You know, like when people would come to me and law school finals are a big deal. I understand that they're a big deal. I've had many panic attacks because of law school finals, because it's law school. First of all, for those who don't know, you're graded in competition. You are graded against each other. There's no A, okay? You are being compared to the smartest person in the room. Like that, that is the A. And then we're on a bell curve. So then there's only so many A's, there's only so many B's, there's only so many C's, and that can be the difference can be like two or three points. You know what I mean? And then the D and the F, right? You're cutting that tail every time. It's highly competitive. It, on top of that, you're talking about how like all of the whole course, there's no homework, there's no quizzes, there's just one final. You know what I mean? There's just one final. It's all riding on this one exam. And I remember going to finals on dialysis and my friends complaining. And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I get, I get that it sucks, but this is my happy time. <laughs> so I'm like, I really like go complain to somebody else. You know what I mean? <laughs> Okay, you're like, I don't want to listen to your basic ass complaints. <laughs> it was, it really was um, a journey. My, my parents used to tell me, they're like, you're going to be an example. Like people have to see, right? People have to see that in the worst of situations, you can keep on going. Like you can have a baby and still finish your degree. You can get divorced and still find love. You can, you can do so many things in this existence after horrible things happen to you, right? So I very much felt that with um, the IP guru, as well as like the need to be able to uh, control my time afterwards, right? Employers aren't as understanding for those of us who struggle with chronic illness. And I always bring this up in like my webinars when I'm teaching people who they're like trying to go independent. They're trying to, you know, start their own business. Like a lot of moms, a lot of disabled people, like 
people just don't understand. You know what I mean? Like if you don't have an illness, you don't know what it means, like the blessing that it is to be healthy. So like that sort of control over your life, that ability to be able to like take control, that is, oh my God, that's so essential for like happiness in your life. At that point, we're not talking financial long-term compensation at that point we're not talking you know uh, um, generational wealth we're not talking all these other right self-actualization right that's not what we're talking about we're talking about plain and simple like not being at the mercy of an abusive employer and and that was everything for me wow <laughs> Honestly, I'm like taking it all in. That's so powerful. And it's a it's a really great wake up call. And I thank you for sharing your story and for letting us in on that experience because we do often take for like when you said you don't realize the blessing of being healthy, especially after 2020. It's so true. Like that just really hit me because to your point, we get so wrapped up in like the money and the achievements and this and that. And we don't realize it all starts like in our bodies. It starts with us. That's the most important. Well, yeah. So, if, like there's nothing else if you don't have your health. Yeah. There is nothing else if you don't have your health. How are you supposed to have be a good partner? How are you supposed to be a good worker? How are you supposed to be successful? How are you supposed to do anything if you don't have your health, right? And that also to go to the whole 2020 thing and to be slightly controversial, that's always my frustration with people who are anti-vax. You know what I mean? Like, oh, it doesn't help with all Lord knows how many mutated strains, but it's protecting our most vulnerable communities. You know what I mean? And that's why it's so essential because the kids who can't wear face masks and don't have immune systems because of the elderly who are incredibly, you know, susceptible because not all disabilities are obvious. My port, I hit it. I had a 12 inch tail attached to my body. I hid that sucker in my pants and in my underwear. I called him Bert. It was very funny. Okay. <laughs> so I'm they, dying, Bert. <laughs> oh my God. But it's like, it's, you don't see everybody's disability. It's really a thing. When I have a transplant scar, because thank God I had my transplant from my father. I, I had the two years of dialysis. I had my transplant. The, my dad and I were a perfect match. I'm three years post-transplant, you know, knock on wood. I'm super happy. I'm super healthy. We're both super stable. But like, you can't see the 10 inch scar from that surgery. You know what I mean? My hearing aids, because I've lost my hearing, you can't, you can't see them, right? So it's like, you have to, you have to be more conscious of yourself. And that's how I sort of, the community that women create with other women is incredible. I unintentionally stumbled 
upon the Latina women of color community as my target audience. Like when I started doing services, I was like, I wanna be super broad. I wanna help everybody. Cause I do, I wanna help everybody, but you can't market to everybody. You can't be everybody's go-to. So I was like, who am I, who am I working with? You know, and I stumbled upon the Mujerista and I stumbled upon Blossom Up and I, I found my community. I was like, oh, this is where I need to be. And it has been so, so empowering and so motivating because it's like, it's, it's like giving your sisters the tools they need to succeed. Boom. Wow. Yes. And I'm super, I'm very happy to be where um, I am now. It's been wonderful to help the community. I also work with um, a smaller community in Fort Lauderdale that also her power space, also known as her power moves, um, also known as no no small business left behind this girl michelle talbot she's also an attorney but she's not from florida she's working now in florida but not as an attorney she's doing co-working spaces for women and all these things and it's uh her community is mostly uh of color because she is of color she is a woman of color so then we're i love working with women specifically women of color I was snapping, you guys can't see it, but I was snapping my hands off when she mentioned that it's so important to to niche down and focus on what is the community of people that really crave your support? Like, where can you make the most impact? Because that's where it's really going to stick and that's where you're really going to shine and, and you can be of most service because broad information you just go on google and you find it you know what i'm saying like when when you can really niche down and serve at a high level to a specific community it's so much more powerful speaking of which i would love for you to share because this is primarily people of color in this community and primarily a lot of coaches and service providers um, so i would love to pick your brain a little bit and for you to share with the community what are the common mistakes that you feel like are so easily preventable? And what should these, you know, new coaches, service providers, entrepreneurs look out for that you see like mistakes time and time again, that you're like, oh my gosh, don't keep doing this. This is so preventable. <laughs> I was, oh my God, was, was it? I think I said it during your life. I'm like, sometimes I feel like Bernie Sanders at the presidential uh <laughs> oh my god the inauguration I'm just sitting there with my mittens on like are you kidding me you know what I mean um okay yes I'm gonna promo my website go to the ipguru.org I do have free downloadables those downloadables are switched up every once in a while um I have right now a business checklist um which I need to update because you know nothing is consistent without some sort of growth. I'm always fine tuning something. I mean, everybody's always fine tuning something. That's the beauty of growth. Um, so first and foremost, I would say, and this is gonna sound super pluggy, but it's like, you need an attorney. You need to have an attorney, just like you need to have a doctor to have 
preventative care. You need to have an attorney to have preventative care. Um, uh, my consults are super affordable, half an hour for $60. I would love for you to find somebody else who matches that in this field. It does not like, I'm like Walmart at this point. I'm like, if you find someone who's willing, an attorney who's willing to do like a one-on-one -on -one call with just you and your business for cheaper, send me a screenshot. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Slide into my DMs um, on IG at the IP guru and be like, you need to match this price, okay? I will do it because people need to be educated on what they do. When you have a consult, we're talking about what I need to know about your business so I can create a plan for you to follow whether it's with me or not but a plan for you to have as a guide to say you know these are the steps that I need to take this is the order that I need to do them in like these things are listed in priority <laughs> I do that often for my clients and sometimes you know money is limited Time is limited. So what do we have to do most important? I would always say a preliminary search. So a preliminary search is a knockout search is like, is your brand name registered or registrable, right? Uh, is it confusingly similar to an existing name brand? Those are all things that you want to know. Uh, first and foremost, because if you don't know that, like ignorance of the law is never an excuse, right? So if you're using somebody else's name and they're registered, you are looking for a lawsuit. Like you are, and you will be sued and you will lose profits and they will take you for what you have. And if you don't have, you know, a business entity, that means they're going to come after your personal assets. So <laughs> first and foremost is the knockout search. Second is the business entity, right? You want to, in whatever state you're in, do your LLC or INC, um, there's different formalities on each one. Soon on my site, I'll have a Shopify and we'll have some information, excuse me, like a booklet for sale um, that will be able to give you an idea. You know, again, people, if you don't wanna pay for a consultation, but you wanna read a book that'll take you 45 minutes to read, then go ahead and, you know, download the book, right? Um, everything, I'm always like, I'm always trying to do things at the most affordable price because I want to be able to serve everybody, right? And at the same time, it has to be quality. And that's a very difficult balance a very difficult balance. And that's where people get frustrated and they get angry because it's like, oh, I spent $500 on legal Zoom to register my logo with the USPTO and now my application's been rejected. I'm like, well, maybe in a $50 preliminary search or a $60 first consultation, I could have saved you those $500. You know what I mean? And, and that's why legal advice as much as medical advice is preventative. You do not want to ask me 
what my litigating rate is, you're not going to like it. Okay, like litigating rate is three digits. And the first one is at the very least a three. Okay, like we're not talking cheap rates. We're talking about like 350s and that kind of thing. You, you do not want to go to court, which is why <laughs> the we focus on preventative care because if we did things correctly from the get-go, we don't have to be going back and fixing things, right? Um, and that is so huge because what ends up happening, and I'm going to wrap this up quickly because I know I've been talking for a minute, but it's like, if you don't take the time to do things correctly in the beginning, it's going to be 10 times more expensive if you attempt to fix it. And that is if you have the money to attempt to fix it. What is going to end up happening is this brand that you have put your blood, sweat, and tears into is going to be ripped from your hands and you're not gonna have the money to be able to go back and fix it. That's why preventative treatment is so necessary in the IP world. Another thing too that you said that that really struck me, and this was over in the IG live that we did on um, on my Instagram, is that the trademark situation is like first file, first serve type of thing. Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah. That even for me was like, oh crap, because like I I was like I need to talk to you because I need to like register the Liberated Latina and like all of that because I didn't realize that just because you know you're using it for a while, if somebody else just comes in and and files that before I do, bye. Yes, yes, because uh, first off, we're talking registration at the national level. Like, this isn't legal advice. This is my personal advice. Like, a, a, a state trademark is trash. We all work online, okay? We all service our businesses online. We all do some sort of transaction online. My clients are all over the U.S. Some of my clients are living in foreign countries, but, you know, have U.S. citizenship. So, like, that whole idea of, like, a state trademark, a state copyright, that is ab total and absolute trash. If it's not federal with the United States Patent and Trademark Office, like, that is where we're looking at. That is where the money is. That is where the proverbial, and I know that we love pit bulls now. Pit bulls are nice soft dogs. But I always call your brand name trademark, like that is your pit bull. Like that is your bodyguard in front of your business saying, try me. You know what I mean? Like, you know that I'm here. So when you're registered and you register first, the presumption is that that person who registers first is the valid owner of that brand name. So that's where I'm saying it's going to be way more expensive. That At that point, we have to serve that person with a complaint. We have to go and litigate. We have to go and uh, get the discovery evidence. And, and this is going to cost, right, thousands of dollars, thousands upon thousands of dollars. That's why everybody always hates doctors and lawyers, because if you only go to the doctor when you're sick and you only go to the lawyer when you get served with a complaint, of course you're going to hate me. You know, <laughs> of course you're going to hate me because um, that's the worst situation to be in. That's like that's like saying you hate the doctor because the only time you go is when you're going to the emergency room. Like, of course, you're going to hate the doctor. Right. Um, so first to file is the presumption of proper ownership to rebut that presumption. We would have to litigate it. 
that is not a place where you want to be. You want to register as soon as possible um, to protect your brand. Boom. I know. I'm like, shit, I need to, I need to call you because I need to get my shit on lock. Because <laughs> like, it's true. You put so much, you put so much energy and thought into it. And I remember even when I was like starting the podcast and I was doing the Instagram, thank God I was in a course and they were like, please, like step number two after idea and whatever was, please make sure nobody else is, is using that title and that name or that nobody is using a very similar name and then like go to this website and check but thank god because honestly and this is me outing myself i didn't i didn't really think to do like a full-on search other than like maybe like a quick google thing yeah yeah yeah. it's so like that's and i know you're like that's trash daisy but honestly like i just i didn't know i didn't know that you know you had to go to this specific website and do i didn't know so please, if you're listening, and I know, especially with me and my clients, like I am a big proponent of them creating like their own, you know, method and their own concepts and such a, such an important part, especially as a community of of women of color and people of color, like, please let's protect ourselves and let's maintain the rights to the things that we create. Like, let's keep that on lock, you know, let's not, let's not be cheap with ourselves and our ideas and our expertise and our uniqueness now and then end up in a situation where somebody else can just swoop in and rob what's what what was within us, what we created. It's it's so crucial. And I I mean we can move on to the next question, but it's just like I can't verbalize the need to have this done and taken care of. Okay, like for my Floridians who I can do like their business entity and their trademark registration with all the bells and whistles, with all the consultations and everything, we're looking at maybe two grand and that's everything. Those are the fees to the USPTO. Those are the fees to the division of corporation, you know, like and you don't have to pay everything up front. You're not paying all of this up front. You know what I mean? This is like a six-month process or whatever where you're going to take your time and slowly do these different transactions. So it's like, don't tell me you can't afford that. You know what I mean? I get I get a little frustrated because I'm just like, I think I, I said on your life, I, was, I had a friend of mine in Minnesota who was quoted like $6,000 to make an LLC in Minnesota. And I was like, girl, no like no nobody's doing that in Minnesota for six grand and that's where attorneys get a bad rep and that's why I'm so blatantly transparent about what I charge and incredibly transparent like you will never meet an attorney who's more transparent than me I am so transparent about all of that especially with the community that I serve because it's always like oh, you know, do they have your back? That like hesitation of like, are they authentic? Are they trustworthy? Nobody will have your back more than an attorney. Like I, sometimes when I talk to my clients, I feel like their mother because I'm like there, I'm like, no, but what do you mean you're going to agree to this and that? Like, what do you get out of this deal? Like, I don't give a single fuck about anybody else in the room. I'm your attorney. I'm not the person who gave you this contracts attorney. I'm not Fulana de Tan's attorney. I'm your attorney. You know, like my only interest in this is you and your success. 
So that's why having an attorney, not just for IP, but for your contract negotiations for these different, I remember what, like sometimes when we get into making the businesses, you want to add a business partner in, or you want to pay someone with interests of the business. And I'm like, yeah, okay, but what is so-and-so actually doing to earn 5% of the business? Like, I need to know. They're like, oh, they're making graphic designs. And I'm like, yeah, but how many graphic designs is it that's worth, you know, like I will get like in my clients and I'm like, okay, make me a list. You know, like you need, I I need for you to be clear on this because I can draft something vague and then it not be the situation. Right. And that's why I say like attorney client relationship is very much like patient doctor relationship because it is a collaboration. People think that you just show up at the doctor's office or show up at the attorney's office and they're like, okay, fix it. You know, like that's not how it works. Like we're going to work together. We're going to get our hands dirty together. That is why I love what I do because I get to show up to every new idea and just be like excited and say like, okay, how am I gonna give you the building blocks to make sure that your grandchildren are still gonna be making money off of this? Yes, that's the vibe, everybody. That is the vibe. Okay, so lastly, I just wanted to ask you to reiterate all of the places and things that you have available. I'm gonna have all the links in the description box, but is there anything specifically that, um, I know you mentioned you have freebies on your website, but where can they connect with you more? Where can they book a call with you? Because I have a feeling that a lot of people, and actually after the IG live we did together, I got a few messages of people who were like, this was so timely because I've been thinking about this. So I know this is such a huge need. Where can they find you? So yes, I highly recommend a lot of the information that we're posting is on IG. So on Instagram, I am at the IP guru. Okay. Um, I'm also on LinkedIn with my full name, Jacqueline Garcia Arteaga. You will find me there. Um, most of my like fun informational stuff, like if you're just, if you just want to get to know me, who I am, what I do. I have a ton of IGTVs, I have a ton of reels, I have a ton of posts that are super informational. None of them are legal advice. <laughs> I always have to be like super clear. I'm like, this Just is a little about- like FYI there from a true <laughs> attorney. <laughs> yeah, I need to like put the disclaimer on every IGTV. Like this is not whenever I, I also do free webinars. I just, I love giving out educational information so I I would love to continue to be able to do that so yeah I on the IG you will see my link tree um the link tree has for you to schedule appointments it'll have the webinar stuff it'll have my LinkedIn so basically if you just go to my IG it takes you everywhere else and vice versa if you go to my website the ipguru.org it will take you to all of these links as well um except the website has the free downloadables which i can't link on the uh instagram cool and i'll have all of that linked in the description in the show notes too to make it easy for everybody thank you so much for coming on here and sharing your story sharing you and sharing the work that you do, because it, it is so important. And I just really, I appreciate you. 
Thank you, Daisy. Yeah, I, I super appreciate what you're doing too. Like uh, empowering our communities are directly equivalent to changing society. So right, each and every single one of us, every step that we take, we are effectuating change in a minuscule way, right? But if all of us do it, that is long-term societal change. Well, me empowering you, empowering your listeners, empowering their followers, right? That is all, all of us lifting us all up out of poverty, lifting us all out of that, you know, that bracket that we're so susceptible in society, you know what I mean? And that's why women of color, more often than not, are their own side hustler, their, their own entrepreneur, they're their own boss, because we're so susceptible, right? Latinas get paid, what was it? 40 cents of the white man's dollar or something like that. It's like, it's insanity. Same thing for uh, black women. Black women are, are also paid significantly less. I think Latinas less so, but it, it, I mean, it's not to compare, right? Tragedy to tragedy. It's that it's wrong across the board, right? So if we continue to move this forward in a way where we're serving our communities the way we are, we will all reach success together. There it is. What a beautiful way to end it. <laughs> thank you so much. Have a great rest of your day. Everybody who's listening, thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to check out Jacqueline on Instagram and on her website. And I'm just really appreciative for all of you. Thanks. See you. Wasn't that so awesome? I told you that she is just hilarious. And she's also so passionate about the work that she does. Has incredible knowledge and expertise. And what I love most is that she has such a beautiful story behind it and a beautiful mission driving her work, which you know I'm a sucker for. So thank you so much for joining us today. Be sure to check out the show notes in the description for Jacqueline's links and make sure to check her out on Instagram, the IP guru. And I'm just really happy that you came and you hung out with us today. I hope you're doing well, sending you so much love and I'll catch you in the next episode. amiga thanks for hanging out with me today i'd love to feature your review live on the air on the next episode yes all you gotta do is head on over to itunes drop a review and let me know what you're most enjoying about the podcast también be sure to subscribe to get first word when a fresh episode drops your support means so much to me and i can't wait to share more with you on the next episode see you then